Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Mark Mariano is an Australian-born Filipino editor, writer, model and social media whiz from Doonside on Durragland. Mark works at SBS in an editorial role and is also an active member of SBS Pride's steering committee. He's part of the Sweatshop Western Sydney literary movement, through which his debut poetry collection, Down From Doonside Station, was published in 2019. Mark's worked closely with organisations such as Headspace and Reach Out, and currently volunteers as the editor for The Western, a community online magazine. Mark's also represented Australia twice at the Harvard University Project for Asian-Australian Relations and was an artist at the 2020 National Young Writers Festival. He performed this story at Queer Stories Western Sydney. His eyes darted as I pulled into Blacktown Station. A sliver of lettuce rested on the knuckle furthest to the left. We had been enjoying an awkward post-coitus grinder date at the ever-romantic KFC. (laughs) But we lost track of time. He had to take the train home to Granville. You know, he didn't have his license, you know, figures. (laughs) He said a swift goodbye before rolling out of my champagne gold Toyota Camry. He adjusted his ill-fitted Kmart pants, concealing his bum crack as he charged towards the platform leaving nary a moment for me to check his Snapchat. I crawled over the pedestrian crossing and the bump that straddled the Filipino bakery across the road and eyed him from the driver's seat. His unzipped maroon hoodie looked bored against his brown colored polo shirt. For someone still in the closet, he could have done with a better one, hey? Um, But no, we might have met in the past you know, rifling through the same Lowe's bargain rack for the same navy blue V-neck shirt. But later that night, his profile disappeared from my app and thus from my life. I seethed as I sat at the end of the bed. I clasped my hands together and prayed to my higher power. (sighs) Anne Hathaway, what do I do? Anne first came to me in a movie called The Other Side of Heaven. She was the doting and studious girlfriend of a meek Mormon missionary. She was a vision in pastel. The movie was essentially Mormon propaganda. Um, A white missionary is sent to Tonga from Salt Lake City to preach the word of God. Super cute, very colonizer. A viewing of the movie was almost mandatory for every young Mormon. And while the young brown men watched the white ripped savior in awe, I couldn't take my eyes off Anne, nor her vintage frilly dresses that barely covered her gorgeous shins. (laughs) From then on, I just wanted to be her. I wanted to cry about my missionary fiance. I wanted to send Jesus-friendly letters from my eight-bedroom home in Wisconsin. You know, there were barely any Mormons in media. And so she was essentially my princess, Diana. She would wear silk scrunchies and corduroy skirts, while I would wear hand-me-down shirts from Salvation Army. Two very different worlds. I was in Duneside, munching on a Big Mac, and she was on the other side of heaven. In year eight, I chemically straightened my hair. I saved up all my minimum wage money from McDonald's and paid my tita Lori a hefty fee to rid me of my messy curls, the same curls that my grandma passed down to me. I visited school the next day, 
expecting to have my Princess Diaries OMG moment, where everyone would see me and fall in love and just have conniptions. <laughs> Instead, an old friend of mine said, you look just like the other Asian kid in our year. <laughs> Safe to say we are not friends anymore. We don't talk anymore. <laughs> Two weeks had passed since my rendezvous with KFC Boy. I woke up to three new Grindr notifications. It was him messaging again from a blank profile, asking me if I was free to cuddle. This was his ninth profile since the very first time I met him. He wanted sex, I wanted more, and every conversation ended the same way. I would say no, he would get angry, and then he would disappear from my life again. Like a cat, he lived nine lives while I struggled to live my one. And thankfully came to me once again at such a pivotal time in my life, with the film of an era and the role of a lifetime, a portrayal that shot me into the career I am in now. I'm, of course, talking about The Devil Wears Prada, where she plays Andy Sachs, the clumsy assistant of fashion magazine hotshot Miranda Priestly, who's played by... Yes, uh, Meryl Streep. Uh, I know you guys got my back. <laughs> Here's this frumpy girl. She's an outsider in this world. She's fat. She's smart. She wants to be a writer, and she wants to be taken seriously. She has this hipster chef boyfriend who cooks her grilled cheese sandwiches when she's mad. I wanted that life so bad. I would sit there, 11 or 12, in my cluttered adobo-stained house, sharing a room with my brother. And it wasn't even a room, it was a dining room with two closets put up as makeshift walls. I would sit there and, and ask myself, how could I emulate Anne? How could I best build this life based on her? When I first jumped onto Grindr, I was 16, which is illegal, but everyone was doing it. Um, <laughs> I had this massive expectation that in my first few months, I was going to find the love of my life. <laughs> we would escape Duneside and whole ass to Newtown. <laughs> he would cook me grilled cheese sandwiches while I cried about my horrible boss. <laughs> I was expecting a special, immediate connection, but I was wrong. I am no princess of Genovia, and my prince was nowhere to be found. You know, I would message a guy and tell him he was cute and ask to hang out with him and get to know him better. And he would just go back and be like, no, I'm not into Kim Jong-un. And I'm like, what? How dare you? I am Jackie Chan at best. I'm Lucy Liu on weekends. How dare you? I racked my brain for weeks and months trying to figure out what went wrong. I would get yet another ping from KFC boy or get sent a pig emoji from a stranger with no fats, no femmes, no Asians in his bio, or another unwanted dick pic from an anonymous married man. It wasn't until a good friend of mine, and when I say good friend, I mean a stranger that I met on Gumtree, a psychic, <laughs> recommended this reading to me after crying to them about love and relationships for hours on Zoom. 
It's called For Lovers and Fighters by Dean Spade, and it reiterates that you can't put heterosexual standards onto queer romance. They're two colossally different things. We navigate this world in different lenses and access romance differently. We aren't afforded the same privileges. I can't go up to someone in Coles and tell them I think they're cute and ask them for their number, especially not in Duneside. I could get punched in the face. Or worse, I could like it. Mm. <laughs> After getting blocked the 10th time by KFC Boy, it clicked. It was obvious, but so hard for me to accept. I'm not Anne Hathaway. We're two separate people. We experience life differently. And I was so angry about that. You know, I know it's not her fault. I know Anne Hathaway doesn't have this personal vendetta against cute and sexy gorgeous writer Mark Mariano, <laughs> but I'm angry. Where's my Princess Diaries? Where's my Devil Wears Prada? It was a hard pill to swallow, accepting that it wasn't about wanting to be Anne Hathaway. It was about wanting to be anything but me. I was so ashamed of my queerness and my brownness and my dune-sideness that I latched onto this intangible idea. I believed it was all my fault, that I couldn't make this happen. I didn't work hard enough. I didn't starve myself enough. I didn't pray hard enough. I wasn't pretty enough. Where are the books? the movies, and the TV shows that idolize people like me. Where are they? There's no blueprint for those who sit outside of this ridiculous rom-com binary. And I'm angry. Nothing prepared me for the emojis or the dick pics. Nothing prepared me for the douching or the cave sea boy who said he liked me at four but then would disappear by nine. Nothing prepared me for the fat phobia or the racism or the fetishization. Yes, there's movies like Call Me By Your Name and Brokeback Mountain. But as gorgeous as they were, there wasn't a douche kid in sight. No grinder, no hinge, no Tinder. No, send me pics of your fat belly. They don't show that part. So, new mission, new higher power. I'm going to pop Anne on a shelf and love myself. In a world where the standard is skinny and white and straight, I must be immensely in love with myself. I'm going to keep writing about me and keep telling my story. I'm going to produce content about my intimate relationship with Lowe's and their bargain rack. <laughs> I'm going to cry about my amazing media job and this incredible blessed life that I live just as it is. And if my perfect grilled cheese-making man happens to come along, then I'll be ready. But I won't be waiting. However, there will be a pan, sliced sourdough, gruyere cheese, all ready to go. <laughs> as complicated as our relationship is, Anne inadvertently taught me a very important lesson. Nothing is impossible with a beret, a heeled boot, and a cinched waist. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy Queer Stories, please consider supporting the project for as little as $1 per month on Patreon. The link is in the episode description. 
Follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. And for insomnia rants and photos of my glorious dog, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.